0: Everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Janine, we're back on the main show. Hello. Hello. Are you excited for today?
1: I am excited.
0: I'm very excited.
1: This is a very interesting pick. I'm excited to talk about this.
0: It is a very interesting pick. Yes. Technically, my pick but suggested by you, but we're not classing it as your pick, because no. you're being finicky about it.
1: Well, I want my picks to have the déjà vu element, as that is my signature segment. So there is yes. no déjà vu for this movie. And I that suggested we it to you, that we know of. I mean, I'm sure there's something maybe similar, but...
0: Oh, yeah. um, But yes, ultimately, it doesn't really matter who picked the movie, does it? What matters is What movie we are talking about today? We are taking a slightly more serious approach to a slightly more serious movie. A very worthwhile movie. A movie I've been wanting to watch for ages and ages and ages and ages. And And Janine just sparked that. Let's watch M from 1931. Fritz Lang, uh, Peter Lorre as the leading uh, role Uh, German movie, which is weird, actually, because I've just realised the only foreign movies, foreign being non-English language, that we have done in 74 episodes of It's a Wonderful Podcast have been German. Wow. The only foreign movies we've done have been German movies. Where's all the Japanese movies? Because I like Japanese movies, you know, like the samurai stuff and things yeah um french movies why haven't we done any french movies I who knows know. i want to do more more non-english language movies janine where do okay. you i don't know actually do you uh do you enjoy foreign language movies
1: i do depending on the story i mean most people are like oh reading but i mean yeah <laughs> like i found some i really like like headhunters is really good um yeah I think that's Swedish. Sound of Noise, I also believe that's Swedish. I really enjoyed, so check those out. What about out.
0: older ones?
1: Older ones? I don't think this is probably my first older foreign movie. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think so.
0: What did you think of it, then? First off, straight off the bat, M. Um, Yeah, I, I, I'm going to get, you know... It's going to be one of those mm-hmm. where I get really, really into it and really, really analysing and stupid, and it may annoy people and it may not annoy people. It may actually be what people want to hear from this show. Which well, case, yeah, great.
1: <laughs> Leave a voice message and tell us if it annoys you.
0: <laughs> Always the yes. Do don't tell us if it annoys. Leave a voice <laughs> message though. Do that. Um, but yes, Janine. Um, M. First thoughts go.
1: I really enjoyed it. I mean, it raises a lot of questions, but that's the kind of interesting yeah. thing about it. Like, you can kind of come up with your own opinions about it, and it kind of leaves you thinking, and I like a movie that can do that.
0: A movie is always good that can uh, that can leave you thinking, and yet it does um, center, really, around this philosophical question of, is it right to kill a man who's killed because he's mentally ill. Yes. Which is a horrible question and an unanswerable question. There is no answer to that question. Um, You may think there is an answer to that question, but that's because it's your opinion. And then we have to look at this objectively as um, a, a law court should look at it and view both sides. And there is no answer so that's the that's the kind of uh impressive thing yes. and that's the kind of really stand out thing about this movie is it's sin is it's like extreme intelligence
1: it's very smart um, and you can watch something like maybe a primal fear and like really yeah. kind of qu- qu- like question this same kind of topic yeah. so i'm like really appreciative that it some it's an early movie that kind of addressed something, kind of very interesting. So
0: yeah, and it I think it does that for a reason. But before we necessarily get into that, uh, this is the first real serial killer movie. Yeah. This uh, it has a lot of innovation in it. You gotta think this is nineteen. 19- 31 we're still only 4 years into sound movies um this movie uses sound like n- no other movie from this time that i've uh seen uses sound uh it has a like a song uh, or, a piece, or a musical motif in there to signify A villain turning up, which had never been used. Something like that. Outside of the theater. Because in the theater, you obviously get that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And it's Um, like an in-story usage. It's not like music playing to signify the character. The character is making the music. And it kind of helps identify him to another character in the movie. That's like, he hears that and he's like, oh my gosh, that is the guy. So... And this is cool. yeah, this is
0: Hans. This is Hans Beckett, played by Peter Laurie, who is mainly, to be honest, is kind of known for being a little bit funny. Especially sort of really early in his career, like before this, and later on, he does a lot of like weird comedic stuff that is like legit, just a bit silly. And I enjoy him. Um, but like, yeah, the 30s and 40s are really Peter Laurie sort of really becoming this monster of a character actor who's just turning up in everything and giving this memorable performance in everything he does. Um, and I think he does that in this as well. He doesn't say a great deal until the end.
1: No, like, that's what surprised me about this. Like, I kind of stumbled upon this movie just watching, like, classic film countdowns and stuff like that and I watched this this countdown about like best villain introductions and that's what really intrigued me about this movie so in just kind of seeing them talk about the introduction of this character in this movie I was expecting it to be all about him like skulking around and like showing his murders and him like stalking his victims and I thought that's kind of what the whole movie was gonna be and it was not that at all
0: well what was the movie Jenny?
1: It was kind of about just the investigation of trying to find him and they bring in like another group of people trying to find him that you don't really expect. Like of course the cops are trying to find him, but then there's also a group of like, you know, petty criminals who are also that organized
0: from... organized <laughs> crime are trying yeah. to find him as well.
1: Because like the cops are cracking down so hard on what they're doing trying to find this guy that the cops are kind of ruining their little business. So they're like, well, if we find this guy, then we can lock him away or do whatever. And then we can go back to what our little petty business. So it was kind of creative. Like I did not expect that at all to have like the cops. And then this group of like petty criminals, like kind of competing to find him. And that's kind of where the story came from. And he's like, not even... A factor until the very end, really.
0: Yeah, so for be, not what for, I was know, expecting being, at all. For being a movie, obviously about a, a serial killer, and that's the point. He is a ch- a child murderer. He's killed, I think, at the start of the movie, eight children already, that. or something like that. Um, in this, I, I don't actually know what city it is in, but it's a German city.
1: Is it the uh, Willy I think Wonka? It actually, uh, <laughs> the Willy weird the random, German the weird yeah. random German looking Willy Walker town. English,
0: with... American, <laughs> Swedish, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Belge. Can be anything. Um But no, I don't think it actually ever says what city it no, is in. I don't think it does. It's just obvious that it's in somewhere in Germany. Because they're all speaking German, do you mean? Um Unless it unless it's in Austria, which I don't think it's in Austria, no. it's definitely in Germany. Um, but for being a movie about a serial killer, it you know you expect uh, a movie like that to maybe lean on the side of either being a character study of that serial killer. You look at something like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer or something like that that does that sort of thing. Or side very much with the investigators, like the police, yeah, and you know, and be really sort of pro police, um, almost have like that something one. like 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 Science of the Lambs. Science of the Lambs yeah. is very sort of pro FBI.
1: Or like even just having that one like hard nosed cop or detective yeah. hunting the killer.
0: But this this movie has no stance on any sort of authority at all. It doesn't side with, like, government authority at all. When you think about the fact that this was a German movie made in the 30s, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. And a German movie made in the 30s by a Jewish man, starring in the lead role a Jewish man, we start to figure out why this movie has zero Reels. um uh it has no um faith in authority at all yeah because the look the rise nazis were rising up in the early 30s obviously they weren't in power yet uh this time but there was this shift going on in germany and i think it's what makes german movies of this time so interesting um,
1: because you kind of know what's going on in the country at the time, know, and like how people exactly. maybe use art to like rebel against it or say something about it, like in exactly a, in a somewhat subtle way. But you know,
0: if in a you're looking for it, obviously a very <laughs> obvious yeah. way, this isn't. And look, even obviously Nazis themselves made movies. Yeah. Um, but it's so much more interesting and kind of correct to look at the uh, Jewish Germans for example like Fritz Lang who yeah i suppose was austrian but he's a german speaking jewish person yeah um in the making movies at this time it's more interesting to look at his movies and the way he sees his country at that time than to watch Triumph of the Will, which, I mean, that's just propaganda. It's like, it's it, you, nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> nobody wants to watch that. It would be a movie that I will... I don't... Because I've seen somewhere, and I know I, I'm being very fluttery in all this, but it's just because I'm very, like, excited. on edge and excited. <laughs> um, A propaganda movie like Triumph of the Will has zero appeal to me and people put it oh it's this it's this really well made technical film it is a like it's a nazi propaganda movie why the hell are you praising it in any way yeah that's as far, that's my opinion <laughs> on that
1: i'd much rather take something that's kind of its own thing it's about a general story but it's using that general story to kind of comment on what's going on in a very kind of subtle way i'd rather see something like that so then you can kind of look back on it and be like okay i see what they were trying to do with this and you know they were trying to comment on things the best way they could with a general story like i think that takes a lot more thought and creativity
0: yeah and that's what this movie does it bringing up the the morality questions it brings up that you know it's clear to see uh the nazi party have very little morality at all yeah none really um that this that this movie is intelligent enough and thoughtful enough to to bring up these questions of is it okay to kill a mentally ill child murderer Do you hand him over to the law for rehabilitation, which is obviously the main big point of the ending, and we'll get on to that.
1: Yes, but then it's kind of Um, up to you to believe if they're really mentally ill or if it's. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In terms of if this was, you know, if this movie was a court case, right? If this movie was. The whole thing was, if it was in. If it was a court case, if the movie itself was a court case. It presents its arguments, right it presents its little um little introductory part, point we get what's going on, we know all the context we get who everybody is and all that business. It has all its arguments there in the middle for you to figure out figure out figure out, but then usually you you are end you end with some sort of concluding statement yeah. and um. This movie doesn't do made. that. Yeah, no. This, you don't this get any movie of that. does not have a concluding statement. It ends with a mother of the children saying, um, no matter what happens, nothing will bring our children back.
1: Yeah, it's on so us to be you. vigilant and
0: yeah. look out for our know, yeah. It's left to you to think. Um, yeah, not only, like, look after your kids in this dangerous society, Germany in the 30s. Yeah. But also, this, you know, this is a decision that is up to you. The, Fritz Lang wants you to think about that question. Yeah,
1: he's not going to answer it for you. Yourself. Yeah. Because he's not,
0: he's, that. and these are such the best kind of movies. Because, yeah, that it could have,
1: the way the story kind of was set up, it could have done all those kinds of things. It could have had the, you know, hard nosed cop looking for a killer. It could have had yeah. the conclusion it, where it gives you that decision of insanity plea or, yeah. you know, execution, but it doesn't. Yeah. And I like that. It kind of leaves you thinking about like how you feel about an issue like that. Cause all these movies I've seen, I've seen, you know, primal fear and like yeah. a time to kill all kind of answer that question for you. Like, it makes you kind of go one way or the other. And this one is kind of like, oh my gosh, like, should, do I believe him? Like, do I believe he's sick? Or should he, you know, he killed children. Like, he deserves to die. Like, yeah.
0: This movie, it's... This movie doesn't complete its story. It no. doesn't complete its own story. And it's so much better for not doing that.
1: Yeah, like it literally it
0: it sits with you.
1: Just ended, and I was like, "Wait, did did it skip? Did, does that... yeah. And I like literally had to go back and watch it again at the end because I thought something happened, like it messed up or it froze or like. <laughs>
0: no, it just it leaves it with you, yeah, and that's such a such a smart choice from. Fritz Lang. Fritz Lang, by the way, is a very interesting human being. From all accounts, he's not a pl- he was not a pleasant man. Um, he was kind of violent to his actors. Oh wow! I read somewhere that he he was very violent towards Peter Lorre during Seriously? filming of this. Oh gosh! Um, like th- threw him down those stairs <gasps> at the end and stuff like that, to the point where. Uh, I think later in his career, uh, Fritz Lang, you know, phoned up Peter Lorre saying, hey, come and, you know, I want you to star in this movie. And Peter Lorre was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not working with you again.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Um, and to be honest, I can only imagine that they both made this movie as, as uh, you know, Jewish Germans in the 30s, seeing this is a very very important movie to make and of yeah. course like a few years later both of them fled to the U.S. anyway yeah um Peter Laurie of course went on to eventually star in The Raven with Vincent Price and Boris Karloff from 1963 which is one of the stupidest horror movies I've ever seen <laughs> and I adore it with all my heart
1: and Casablanca um, as well right
0: And Casablanca and Maltese Falcon and Arsenic and Old Lace and The Man Who Knew Too Much, Mad Love, everything, 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 that Peter Lorre... The Comedy of Terrors, which is, again, another stupid horror movie that he did with uh, Price, where he's drunk half the time. Oh, no, that's The (laughs) Raven, actually, where he's drunk half the time. But he's like... Peter Lorre is just this fascinating actor to me i love p i love peter laurie there's nobody like a there's nobody who has a face like peter laurie
1: no because like i didn't really know who he was i only knew him through like caricatures of him on like tiny tunes and Looney tunes and like (laughs) like cartoons of him like oh like even there's a caricature of him like like the the genie does in aladdin (laughs) yes yes and like he's like always like a mad scientist, or a creepy guy, and I'm
0: just like, yeah.
1: that's what I that... knew. So when I watched Casablanca for the first time, I'm like, that's the... <laughs> that's that guy. When like you know these old cartoons like do caricatures of old Hollywood, that's that guy that I yeah. remember seeing in cartoons. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's it's obviously all because of his eyes, yes, which are huge and bulging. And so expressive. And I just love him as an actor. He's one of my favourite old old movie actors. Just because there's nobody who did... There's nobody who did... There's nobody who acted like Peter Lorre. Yeah. There's nobody that can come near him to what he was doing and what he brought to his roles. He's just the pretty chameleon. Just, yes, it's Peter Laurie. But you entirely each shifty character he's playing, or each slightly weird, wacky character he's playing, or a mad set whether he's a mad scientist like in Mad Love, where he you know kind of possesses his own hands and <laughs> kills people. Um, but yeah, he he's just in this movie. He is great without saying a great deal. I mean, his end big speech yes is excellent but for the you know for the rest of this movie you are you he's creeping everyone out he is creeping me out he's creeping you out and he's creeping all the people (laughs) of that city out
1: yes like And going back to the intro, like what drew me to this movie in the first place, like that was such a real, like a clever introduction to a character. Literally, the first time you see him is a shadow of himself on a poster, like a warning poster about him. Like, how smart is that?
0: (laughs) It's the, the, I think the opening scenes of this movie are perfect show don't tell movie making
1: yeah like the kids are singing the creepy song about the man in black who's gonna come and cut you up into little pieces and it's like a game like a children's game and then when you find out it leads to them actually kind of it's like a killer who's killing children and you know the mother's like stop singing that terrible song and even the one mother saying oh it's okay as long as we hear it we'll know we know that they're there and yeah. all of just that how that bleeds into that mother's child then coming into yeah. contact with the man in black and taking your She's child throwing, and
0: <laughs> throwing a ball up against the yes. and you know it doesn't like it's not it's not um you know to say that this movie is uh, against society isn't right it's a it's it's questioning of authority, authority. Mm-hmm. but it still believes that people come together to help each other yeah because you see right in, at the start um a policeman escorting little elsie beckman across the road across the street yeah um and or throughout this movie People are coming together as a society, as human beings, to help each other. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of... It's, again, it's just another clever layer to the movie. But it's kind of um, touching in that way. That all this, all this awfulness can be going on. Which, yeah, okay, is symbolising authority in Germany breaking down in the 30s but the actual people the common people still you know believe in each other they're still willing to care for each other and as we said with the the final line being essentially take care of your children
1: all of us yeah all of us
0: need to take care of our children and it kind of starts out yeah
1: It kind of starts out with like the petty criminals wanting to stop them so they can kind of go on with their little undercover businesses or whatever. But in the end, the way that they're reacting to him feels like they're banding together. It's like
0: it it, is all about keeping their society safe
1: yeah the one guy who's like trying to tell them he should be you know he should have a trial he should have a fair trial to see da da, 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 da. and everyone's kind of banding together like you're not a mother you don't you have never had any children you don't know what this feels like ask these mothers what it feels like he deserves you know so it's not just about them kind of going on with their petty crime businesses at that point at that point once they no. have him in front of them they are all kind of standing together to say, you know, we've suffered great loss from this person and all the only thing he deserves is death. So I liked that there was kind of more to their motives in the end once yeah. they had him in front of them.
0: Yeah, like I said, they they are only thinking about the safety of their people. Yeah. Which is, like I said, just another really smart layer. And obviously you can look at that ending as well from the other standpoint of, Peter Laurie Hans Beckart is a mentally ill person who is compul who has this compulsion that yeah. he we see multiple times throughout him try and deal not
1: with. yeah and so that's another clue of like to kind of help you maybe answer that question for yourself of them kind of showing him trying to resist the urge to do that and but then he can't resist it yeah so that's I another kind if- of wink for you to be like okay, I'm gonna put that clue in my thinking box and say, Is this gonna help me answer this question ultimately
0: yeah if um if we didn't see that, if we didn't see uh Hans struggle and want to not commit these crimes, like we see him we see him want to not commit these crimes, yeah, that's essentially that's where the little uh, musical motif comes in, um, but we'll get. I'll, well, I'll <laughs> talk about that after this. Um, if we, because we see him not, because we, no. What <laughs> am I saying? <laughs> I think if if he didn't,
1: if we hadn't seen the struggle,
0: if we didn't see the struggle, it would be a far easier question. Yes. Because we would just think, this guy's a murderer, get rid of him. Yes. We, we wouldn't see him like we do at the end. This guy is mentally ill.
1: And he needs help. Help
0: him. Yeah. But then, there's the question of, he's murdered. Children.
1: Children, yeah.
0: Do you help him? Do you get rid of him? Yes, the movie ends with him in a real trial and not this sort of fake kangaroo court thing that happens um but that's you know we don't hear any verdict come from that No, you so just we hear still don't know kind of call of, what's happened
1: yeah. mm-hmm.
0: which again it's so much better for us the fact that we don't no, hear what happens yeah. to him um it's it's so much better. I'm sorry, I got a bit uh, <laughs> struggling. No, there's, to, there are a lot of like very there.
1: interesting and creative themes going on here, so I can understand the discombobulation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw, I'm trying to write an essay in my head, and it's not working. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh the music, Janine. Yeah. What what did you make of the of the music so far? Uh, so far. Uh, anywhere. See, I'm confused. <laughs> Well, I mean, like you said, with the sound,
1: like there is just moments where you should have been hearing things, but it was just complete silence. Like there were no sounds, like people running through the street, like when the cops were doing a raid, they were kind of going through the streets and heard nothing until a certain point.
0: I think um, it may have been a technical situation. So yeah, that's what I wasn't um, sure of,
1: because I know it's kind of like early on, and talking movies were kind of a newer thing, so I wasn't sure if that was a technical thing or like a choice.
0: I think because in terms of sort of the way this movie's shot, the way it's put together is so technically impressive, that the sound... um, it's kind of used it's used obviously it's used a lot. it's not like a silent movie with one or two sound scenes,
1: yeah
0: it's a full talking movie um full sound movie um, but it uses it in the in only the necessary moments. you don't yeah. need to hear the sound of police running down, running the, street down the street to know yeah. they're running down the street um you need to hear Hans Beckert's little whistle compulsive whistle which he does now i read it as he does that to help him stop okay but i don't think it ever works no that's how i read it and that might be wrong that's just how that's just my reading of this whole thing but without – it's the first time we ever he- hear – like I said before, it's the first time we ever hear a uh, uh, essentially a piece of theme music for a character yes, in a movie. Yes, it
1: comes up a lot. And I like that it kind of signified to a bystander like, oh my gosh, this is the villain. This yeah. is the murderer that we've been looking for this whole time because I heard this song when a, one girl went missing and now I'm hearing it again. Like – yeah. I like that it played into the story in that way.
0: Like without um I said this to you, without without uh Peter Laurie, and it's actually not Peter Laurie who's whistling it, it's actually Fritz Lang who's whistling it. I read that because I, I think it was something like Peter Laurie whistled it too cleanly <laughs> or he was and Fritz Lang wanted a bit of an off-key weird edge okay. to it, mm-hmm. which is why it's kind of disjointed um but it's the tune of uh, in the hall of the mountain king which is this piece of classical music which i mainly know and it's again this is completely irrelevant but it's probably where most people in in this country at least know it as the uh, theme music for the uk's biggest theme park Alton Towers and that you that uses in all its advertisements around the park, it uses that piece of music as its theme music.
1: Oh my gosh! So after watching this movie, that would probably seem very sinister. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I mean, if people started whistling it, yeah, now it's just going to yeah. be like, who's killing people? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just, because uh, it does have, and obviously. I've known that piece of music from a theme park. Now yeah. theme parks are fun places, Janine. I don't know about you. I yeah. find theme parks fun places. Um, that that's now not going to be fun for me.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, are you going to sing it? Are you going to whistle it? it I'm not going to whistle it now. I mean, are we going to get are we going to get copyrighted <laughs> copyright strikes? <laughs> no, we... I think it's probably a public
0: domain <laughs> piece of music. Um, I think we're okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna whistle it because that would signify something evil. Okay. Um But no, yeah, without I said to you before, without that without him doing that, you wouldn't get the Imperial March signifying Darth Vader. Yeah. Think about how big think about how well known that piece of music is. Without this little whistle Of in the whole of the Mountain King to signify a villain, you wouldn't get that. Innovative.
1: And it just In another way. And it just added to the whole sinister intro to this character. Like you see his shadow, which is already kind of like a creepy thing. Hmm. Superimposed on a poster that's a warning about him. And then Listing his crimes. (laughs) Yes. And then he goes up to a child and he just starts whistling that song. Like yeah. And then you hear it every time he's you know, skulking around.
0: And you know he's you know, someone else is about to, you know another child is about to get killed. Yes. It's horrible. Yes. But it's, it's so effective. Because it is, it is this kind of slightly happy sounding tune.
1: Yeah, And then it kind of I think that's what threw me off and I kind of liked that, that that whole intro and that, you know, cue of music had me like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're going to see him skulking around everywhere and we get this whole other kind of story that I wasn't expecting. So I liked that it kind of threw my expectations right at the start that I was, it kind of led me to think it was going to be one thing and then it was something else. So that's kind of a credit to the filmmaking and the storytelling for sure.
0: Yeah, like you said, the main point of this movie is um, the people banding together to keep the country, keep the town safe. Safe.
1: Well, because, yeah, I mean, I think I think at that point they say like it's been months and the authorities haven't Mm. really found anything. So it's kind of up to them to take it into their own hands.
0: Like so. I said, losing faith, losing faith in authority, which makes complete sense when you yeah. look at Germany in the thirties, with this movie made by Jewish people. Yeah. However, an interest, a really sort of interesting little uh, side bit about the, the the background of this movie is Fritz Lang was married at the time to Tia von Haber, who is a very uh, she was a very prolific writer, movie writer in Germany. Mm-hmm. Around this time, she worked with, well, she obviously worked with her husband on a on a number of things. She wrote Metropolis as well, mm-hmm. which is of course Fritz Lang's other huge Big movie. movie yeah. She worked. She she even worked with uh, F.W. Murnau, who's obviously the other biggest German director of this sort of era. She joined the Nazi party. What? Apparently not for those reasons. It was something to do with she had... Um, you know, she wanted to help certain people who worked for the government, um, I think. Um, but that obviously led to Fritz Lang leaving her.
1: Yeah. Um
0: and fleeing fleeing to i but i just i just find that fascinating how she actually joined the party
1: that's crazy
0: um when she was this really really prolific really intelligent screenwriter yeah of these movies like m like metropolis like uh, I think, I think it was Phantom that she worked on with with Myrna, which was released the same year as Nosferatu. Um, so she's big in the twenties and really the sort of the twenties, because um, around at this time is I think when she joined, up and she did she did some other stuff because she wasn't like a, you know, she wasn't like cast aside because she was a huge horrible Nazi. She's not like the guy who played Doctor Caligari. <laughs> in the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, who was a legit propaganda. He, yeah. he was like... He was announced... I think he was like... Oh, um, well, I don't know. He was like partners with Goebbels and stuff on being like lead propaganda actor or stuff like that. Yeah. So when you watch Caligari, it's nice that he's the villain. okay um <laughs> because it, he's, a legit, he's a legit he's a legit nazi <laughs> very believable um, but i just find i i i'm i'm kind of fascinated by by tia von harber not only as this sort of early really prolific really intelligent female screenwriter but also just this she's got this weird that that weird little turn yeah. that you wouldn't see yeah um and she re- she went on to obviously denounce it and leave and yeah. regret it all and she didn't go away no she still worked um but i don't think maybe you can say i don't think she knew what she was getting into cuz she she, she jo- you know it's not like she joined the party in 1939 she joined it in like 1932 okay when, yeah, it was still far right, but it wasn't necessarily killing anybody yet.
1: Yeah, it was the early stages of kind of figuring out what it was, but it, you knew it really wasn't a good thing.
0: But she had a Jewish husband. Yeah. She had a Jewish husband. Not a good look.
1: Not a good look. She's strange. She would not have survived today's cancel culture. I'll
0: tell <laughs> you that. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, No. Oh, God. See, th- th- these are the... This is not this is not your uh fun silly episode of the tour now it's very
1: intense.
0: But that's the point of this that's the point of this movie this. After watching this movie I got those little little chills you get when you watch a new favorite movie.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and I've got this fascination with for some reason European movies of this era. <laughs> And I think I figured out why as well.
1: Why I think it's why? got
0: something to do with psychology. Okay. Because obviously with, you know, morality questions and looking in the psychology of people, you'd think, Hans Becker in this movie, a mentally ill person. So there's psychology going on there. There's psychology in every morality question going yeah. on. And, I mean, not to sound ridiculous, Absolutely, you know, sort of pretentious and pretentious and awful and awful,
1: yeah, yeah well well, <laughs> um
0: but you know Sigmund Freud, the father of psychology, was big in the twenties, yeah um, and obviously going into the the thirties, he's Central European. <laughs> why do you think central, why do you think Europeans really know how to make these thought provoking movies at this time? Because psychology was blowing Big, up everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to explore that. No, that's why like, that. you know, you can look at like silent movies. That's why I love, I, that's why I love German silent horror. Cause it's got these really weird thoughts and these interesting questions. And, Yes, you know, over in the U.S., they're making Phantom of the Opera and Hunchback of Notre Dame and stuff. You know, perfectly great. Yeah. But they're not quite as
1: thought provoking, weird,
0: and thoughtful yeah. as uh, you know, as Doctor Caligari, or as um, even even Nosferatu. Nosferatu is not a Nosferatu is a simple movie, but stuff that. Stuff that Fritz Lang was making, stuff that Murnau was making, Faust, and stuff like that. Um, it's just these really thought-provoking things yeah. that are emphasised by, I think, and I might be wrong. I'm just rambling on my own opinions <laughs> and thoughts. That's that's what we do, though. That's the that's point. That's what
1: podcasts are for. Yes,
0: isn't that the point? But I think it just it's benefited by and emphasized by the blow up of psychology and also the political climate of central europe and germany mainly at the uh, at, at the time. time like you said when you when you realize the context films were made in they become so much better yeah i think because you can you can see why they were made like, and yeah, you can notice you can, things you can say, that
1: they that they did to kind of comment on what was happening,
0: yeah, you can say anything's a well made movie, but it's an intelligent movie that comments on it its own time, yeah, like there's mo- obviously movies that do that today, plenty of them um but i mean i I just love looking back and because not only does it do that but it this mo- not only does this movie you know speak on its own time so appropriately and so intelligently not only is it so well acted and the story is fascinating and the questions it brings up are fascinating but it's also technically innovative
1: Yes, it felt like it was doing a lot of modern things like that I see in movies now. And to see it in a movie from 1931, it was kind of like, wow, they were they were doing this then? Like the whole like one of the investigators is kind of talking about the investigation and what they're doing and what's going on. And while he's talking, they're showing like this kind of montage of action happening while you hear his voice kind of talking about what's going on and then you see the action and you see that a lot in movies now but like it was just a surprise to me to kind of see like a kind of storytelling technique done in a movie so early and then they also do a really kind of interesting thing with showing the both both of the sides the um like the police and their whole kind of having a discussion about what to do and how to find him. And then kind of like the townspeople and the petty criminal people kind of making their plan, like the cops are raiding us and kind of messing with our stuff. That's kind of their impetus to take action and just take it into their own hands. So you kind of have this back and forth of them kind of finishing each other's sentences and like the investigators talking about what they're going to do and the, you know, townspeople talking about what they're going to do. And you kind of get the juxtaposition of both of their plans to find him um, before the other or whatever. So it was, like, very interesting to see that. Like, I just did not expect a movie this early in film to kind of take on a storytelling element like that. That was really kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah, it's very... uh... It's very smart editing. It's very well edited. Yeah, it's very, it felt cleverly very edited.
1: modern. It felt super innovative and modern.
0: Yeah. Um I I I did look up who the editor was. It wasn't anybody who I, you know, would recognise the name of. I actually also looked up who the cinematographer was, but again, it wasn't like Because um, I know Murnau worked with Carl Freund a lot if not on like near enough everything who was his cinematographer who himself was insanely in, in uh, innovative with his uh with his camera work and shot all all your favorite Murnau movies which I don't know if you have a favorite Murnau movie maybe this is just me being <laughs> obsessed with sh- nonsense from the 20s um <laughs> mainly maybe maybe you know him for cuz he actually directed cuz he 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 was another like murnau like many of these really high profile german filmmakers fled to the us or at least came to the us yeah um like murnau did her with sunrise a song of two humans which was his us debut and was uh, nominated for all sorts of Early Academy Awards and such. Um, But Carl Freund, who was his cinematographer, eventually directed uh, Boris Karloff's The Mummy for Universal. He actually directed that one.
1: The more you know. Um,
0: (laughs) Oh, we're bringing that back. (laughs) We are. I like it. I like that.
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, would you rather have that or Lionel Richie?
0: Hey, not they, they Lionel go... Richie. Li- Lionel Richie does not belong in this episode. I'm <laughs> afraid. Okay, okay. So
1: you just get the more you know then. <laughs>
0: yes, there is no, there is no, there is no, there is no space in in M for a weird, shifty club <laughs> owner. Played by Lionel Richie. Um If
1: you don't know what we're talking about, go back to the Bishop's Wife episode <laughs> of It's a Wonderful is Podcast. Is that how
0: long is that how long ago it was?
1: <laughs> yes. That's a
0: long time that's like what, like twelve episodes ago of It's a Wonderful Podcast. has it been that long? These these episodes fly by, Janine. We're on seventy five next week.
1: Oh my goodness, you're getting 75. so old. It's a wonderful podcast.
0: 75 <laughs> episodes of the thing. What's going on? Um what was I talking about? I don't know. I just I was just I was just fascinated by this movie and I'm so happy that I eventually watched it. Um because I've been wanting to watch it for ages but I knew it was one of these you know, it's not like an easy watching movie. Yeah. I mean it is an easy watching movie. it's not like you're having to oh, what's going on i I can't follow this this is too hard. It's not like that it's a you just sit down you just watch it, glance at the subtitles and you're fine yeah. it's great it's pacey yes it's interesting it's really well acted and like like we like we've said, it's really well edited and um really well shot as well like like you said there's some really modern stuff going on with its shots and the way the camera moves and yeah we always i always think about you know and a lot of people do citizen kane being very innovative for its shots and its um moving through glass windows the camera's moving through glass windows and stuff but that happens in this movie
1: yes
0: this is 10 years before Awesome Wells, you've just been watching M.
1: <laughs> you stole screw, it from the Citizen Germans. King. <laughs>
0: screw Citizen Kane. Watch M. Yes. Um, not that they're the same movie at all. But uh, yeah. Again, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> um, because I just decided to say screw Citizen Kane. But yeah, the camera. No, the cat. The the camera. Um. I was surprised that I'd never heard of. I, I forget. I forget whose name it was now, um, but it wasn't a recognizable cinematographer. Um, but I mean, very everything. Everything about this movie is just so well, well done. And yeah, like like I was saying, that's what I was saying. Very easy, easy to watch. But it's just this very serious movie that you have to watch, and I'm so... that You have to watch in the context of the 30s. And it's it just so happens that we know what, you know, we know very, very, very well what was going on in the 30s in Germany.
1: So you can kind of go back and really see the cues there that are telling you this is kind of what we're commenting on, so... yeah,
0: Yeah, like, some movies... Some movies, like are probably, you know, speaking about something, commenting on something that was happening at the time and people watching it at the time were very familiar with and thought, oh, that's clever, that's doing that. But now we may have forgotten that slight bit of history. Yeah. In 1977, you know, we may have forgot that completely random little bit that people at the time were big on. But we're not gonna forget what happened in Germany in the '30s anytime soon. Nope. So that's why you got You you know it's that's why it's fascinating to me to go back and watch these movies and even earlier movies, even though they don't really have anything to do with that. But again, with the psychology stuff that was going on in Central Europe, it's just huge. Um, it's just that 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 that's where my Because I've been saying it for ages on this show. That's where my sort of fascination with European silent horror comes in. Because (laughs) it just plays on it so much.
1: And that's a really good point. Like, I didn't really think about it that way. Like, with the psychology stuff, for sure. You just thought I was weird. Yeah, I just thought you were a crazy person. Um, But yeah, (laughs) like, the point you brought up about the psychology stuff is, like, now I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. That they're kind of, we're better at delving into deeper thoughtful topics because that's kind of something that was very prevalent in that time.
0: You, you get the feeling that they were all, they were trying to make movies to be clever, not to, you know, make not, not for, not necessarily for a story. Yeah. You know, you feel, I feel like, and obviously this isn't the case and obviously I'm generalizing. Um, a lot of movies focus too much on the story and not too much on what that story means.
1: Or how it's going to affect the viewer.
0: Yeah. It's, it's all very well and good to have a, an interesting story. Ooh, doesn't this story go in all twisty-turny directions? What's going to happen next? I don't care. Give me a theme. <laughs> Give me a meaning behind the whole movie. Put and a nice it, little story in there. And it's kind of nice but,
1: to not have it tell you what it wants you to think. Or,
0: and it doesn't tell you what it, what it wants you to think.
1: And there's just layers, so many layers to think about.
0: This movie has It has its comment on, on society. It has its overall meaning in its story. It's not just telling a story for the sake of telling a story. It's telling a story to be clever about the particular time. And it just so happens that the the filmmakers are very, very clever. And that's the reason we, you know, the reason we still know these people's names. Um, Because they were able to do this sort of stuff. And make it so effective. And it doesn't tell you. Exactly, exactly what to how think. you're
1: supposed to feel. Yeah. I mean, this movie it's has so,
0: it's so bold. You wouldn't get away with doing that.
1: No. I mean, this movie has layers like onions
0: and ogres. It does. It's very true. It's been a while since we've I
1: know. I up. had to. I had to do it. I had to do it for you. It's been you. a long while, but it is, <laughs> it,
0: it is, uh, it is very true. I just loved this movie so much. I really did. It's, uh, Oh, it's just made me want to go and watch 17 other goddamn German movies <laughs> from the 20s and the early 30s.
1: Hey, I thought we were going to mix it up, you know. <laughs>
0: it's um, it's probably, to be honest, it's probably got me in the right mindset to finally watch Metropolis.
1: Oh, okay. That was on the one of the countdown lists I saw, and I was intrigued.
0: Yeah, because... You know, for all my talk of being fascinated by European movies of, of this time, I've not seen a load of them. I've not actually seen a load of them. I'm just kind of fascinated by the idea of these movies. <laughs> I've not, like, sat down at the time. Like, I'd never seen it. I'd obviously never seen this movie before this week. Um, And I, you know, to be honest, had I seen a Fritz Lang movie no did i know a lot about fritz lang movies and about fritz lang like
1: for someone who knows so much it's just like surprise surprise surprising that you hadn't seen it like when i brought this up as a suggestion i was kind of like oh i'm pretty sure he's already seen it and yeah, yeah when you told me you hadn't i was very surprised
0: that's my thing i like knowing a lot about movies that i haven't seen yeah and about people you know like about directors that i I, I'm not actually familiar with their work. I just like knowing a lot about them, just so, just so I have the knowledge. Yes.
1: Just and... so I have,
0: just so I have the contextual knowledge to be able to, you know, compare and stuff. And now, obviously, I can compare more accurately and analyze in my own head more accurately because I've actually seen the movies. Yes,
1: and then but I you... can do the. The more you know,
0: you can, yes. and then you can do that. But I just think like, yeah, the, like you said, the more you actually know um, <laughs> without without necessarily watching the movie, I think it's almost makes watching the movie more interesting because you already know a lot of what's, you know, a lot of the point behind it because you've read up on it or you've watched videos on it.
1: And you get more of those layers right away.
0: I, I, think. I... I I could tell you the entire... I know the entire meaning behind Metropolis. I know all about Metropolis. I know why it's there. I know who's made it. I know who's involved. I know (laughs) what it's saying (laughs) about... I know what it's saying about society. But have I ever seen the movie? No. (laughs) But I've read enough about that movie to get what it's going for. You know? Yes. I'm like that
1: (laughs) with newer films. (laughs)
0: yes I have to watch it for myself to really figure out that sure
1: but having that base knowledge is very helpful to kind of see it come to fruition and see how it's put together and then you you know because I already got a bunch of layers from this movie just based off of one thing telling me about the introduction of the character Um, yeah and so for someone like you who knows even more in depth I mean you probably got double the amount of layers from this movie that I got so
0: I do like, I, really I mean appreciate I know it. I haven't you've
1: had a very rich experience in watching this movie
0: yeah I know I know I haven't spoke about it as much as as, as you have but that that uh introductory shot so good so, so I mean
1: that's what made me want to watch this so movie good. that's what made me want to watch this movie and it like I liked yeah. that it kind of Um, kind of messed with my expectations of what what was going to happen in this movie. Like I thought it was going to go a whole different way based off of that introduction and then it went a totally different way and that just made for a a much more interesting viewing experience. So yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked it. I didn't think I would like a, a German movie from the 30s but I really enjoyed this movie. I liked that it kind of Gave me credit it, to to make up my own mind about things.
0: There's interesting stuff going on, Janine.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: In in German movies of this era.
1: Yes.
0: I'm sure you are. You more open to watching German movies of I the twenties?
1: <laughs> I am.
0: Watch Caligari. caligari's fascinating.
1: I saw that caligari's too. I told wacky. you. I saw that too on on that list of like classic. Um, you know early movies and that looked very interesting.
0: Caligari is the wackiest movie. (laughs) It's 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 again it's like such a such a fun what movie to watch. Yeah. Because it's just bizarre. Like even the I like I don't I don't know what sort of copy you'll find. I would imagine it'd be the same but even like the title cards, you know like the speech cards Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and the even the lettering on those is all over the place and wacky and it's not like and now the person went to the shop yeah written in helvetica font you know it's all it's clearly all hand done yeah and obviously, all the sets are painted and stuff. Watch Caligari. If if <laughs> if if you watch if you watch none of the others, watch, watch that
1: one. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I prefer it to Nosferatu in terms of Murnau horror. Okay. Um, Nosferatu is simpler. Nosferatu is simpler, but it isn't even my favourite Dracula movie. Um, I. I be tempted to say it's not even my second favourite Dracula movie. Um even though it's got perfect stuff in there. And I love the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's just, it's just not quite as fun as Caligari.
1: Okay. Yeah, I saw that on that countdown and it looked very weird and interesting. And, and Caligari and, yeah. Caligari stars <laughs>
0: Caligari stars Conrad Veidt. Who is in every German movie of the twenties ever, ever, ever. <laughs> who uh also played, which isn't actually a German movie, it's actually an American movie. He played The Man Who Laughs, which was, oh, you know, the Joker okay. inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that's Conrad Viet. He's oh, he plays okay. C- he plays Cesar, the somnambulist sleepwalker I've in Kaligar. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But he's also in like He's actually, speaking of, we, we, I spoke about Peter Laurie in, in Mad Love with the Possessed Hands mm-hmm. before. Conrad Veet is actually in the earlier version of that movie called The Hands of Orlac.
1: See, I could have done is, a deja vu on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could. I suppose you could. Because Christopher Lee was actually in a, a version of that as well in like oh, the 60s. Oh, okay.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, Conrad Veet's in that about this this guy who's like yeah losing control of himself and again psychology yes um but it's just anthropomorphized in like this criminal's hands that are doing things out of his control there's a lot of that stuff going on yeah a lot of that stuff going on especially in m with the mentally ill child murderer who you might want to kill, but you might want to help.
1: Yes.
0: Because you just can't help looking into Peter Laurie's eyes and feeling a little bit of sympathy. Oh
1: God. Yes, you make up your own mind.
0: Um Peter Laurie found it difficult following on from this movie in his career. Because people thought he was a child murderer. Oh. He was that good, Janine. He yes,
1: was that good. He was very convincing. I love
0: Peter. I love Peter Laurie. He's great, Janine. Do we have anything else to say, for fear of going on for another thirty minutes, about M?
1: I think not. Uh, great storytelling. Uh, great production and editing and camera stuff and yeah, great performances. Really Do you know what I actually it?
0: did like in terms of performance? The guy who played Franz who was the, the, the one criminal that was left behind at oh, the uh, yes. at the place. He yeah. was great. Yes. I really liked him. And uh the m- detective Lowman. He was good.
1: Oh as well. you Did you notice know the guy
0: with Did the you notice the guy? <laughs>
1: Yes, you almost you forgot. It, you almost you forgot it, to yeah. mention it.
0: <laughs> There's a scene in this movie where people cuz it's kind of it's kind of this paranoid movie as well.
1: Oh yes.
0: Where we, 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 obviously, we haven't really spoken about that, but it's a really, really paranoid movie as well. Like, everybody's just on edge all the time. Yes. Like, um, they see a
1: man talking to a child, and they're like, oh, it's him! He's the one! Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just walking across the street. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Again, Everybody, yeah. That, that everybody's up, paranoid. That you get paranoid because of there's at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Yes.
0: That brings up morality questions in itself, but we'll yes. leave that because yes, um, there but... is one scene fairly early on in this movie where there is a gentleman <laughs> with a pipe, and in the end of his pipe is a cigar
1: yeah.
0: sticking out of the end of his pipe. Did you notice this that man? That just
1: seems so unnecessary. Yes, I did notice the man who was smoking a cigar through a pipe. <laughs>
0: like, wh- why? What? Why? Oh, why? <laughs> why is he smoking a cigar through a pipe? I Smoke it's... a pipe? all the cigar.
1: Is that like the fancy version of those like lady cigarette things? <laughs>
0: no, cuz there was people in this movie using cigarette holders and cigar holders. This guy just stuck a cigar <laughs> in the end of the pipe. pipe and yeah, it didn't make any sense.
1: yeah It didn't make was,
0: any sense at all. I
1: noticed that as well. It's very odd.
0: <laughs> I I didn't understand. It, it was so large as well. Yes. It just seemed like it would just get in the way. I suppose it was just bizarre, um, but to end on that slightly silly note, this has been my favourite movie we've done on this show for a long, 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 long time. Yay! A long, long time. You're welcome. And I am welcome. <laughs> I am. I am very welcome, and I am very thankful because um, I, I, I loved this movie um yeah go and please everyone go and watch M speak to us about M. Um, you know what they can do if you want to speak to us about M, janine
1: they can leave us a voice message
0: where can they leave us a voice message
1: on anchor and there's gonna be How a link he... yeah.
0: yeah there's gonna be a link
1: so in yeah, the talk description. to us about this movie if you've seen it if you like it if you want to see it any classic films that you enjoy
0: What's your favourite old German movie?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure we'll get a lot of hits on that. Yeah! (laughs)
0: Look, I'm playing to the audience.
1: (laughs) And I appreciate you for that.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll end it right there. Janine, yes. Episode 74 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. We've been talking M from 1931 directed by Janine Lang. starring
1: Peter Laurie
0: and other german people who <laughs> i've never seen in anything else before in my life um, mainly peter laurie yes but it is a yeah just go and see the movie leave us those voice messages on anchor there is a dis- uh, there is a link in the description no matter where you are listening to this uh, to go and leave us a voice message. Whether you want to talk about this movie or a movie we've talked about recently or anything, you can really just talk about anything. We'll be happy to listen and respond because it makes the shows even better. And that's mm-hmm. all we want. Exactly. That is all we want. Janine, where can everybody find you? What is happening? Go.
1: You can find me on the other show on this feed, uh, Morgan Hasn't Seen, where I pick a series of films, related films, and I make Morgan watch them because Morgan hasn't seen things. So we are currently on our Drew Barrymore series. Um, So yeah, next week we will be talking Ever After so check yeah. that out on Wednesday and you can also find me on the socials at Janine Dabine on Twitter and Instagram you can get yourself some It's a Wonderful Podcast or Morgan Hasn't Seen merch at my Tee Public shop, uh, G9Design on TeePublic.com and you can see me as Janine the Machine on the Movie Trivia Schmoedown I will be in the Singles and Teams tournaments um, so check me out, go up against Mike Kalinowski live on se- yes. <laughs> on September twenty. 20- 8th so yes September go, 28th go and Kay. get your live week. streams yeah and see me hopefully win I don't know we'll see I don't know but either way I'm yes. going to have a good time so yeah, you want to see me have a that, good time that's all we asked for <laughs> yes. a good time
0: a good time was had by all watching this yes. serial killer philosophical <laughs> very serious movie um Well, you can find me, guys, like Janine said, on Morgan Hasn't Seen, where we are doing Drew Barrymore right now. Always on this show. Find this show on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, which is our main show, our main uh, provider, host, whatever you want to call it. We are also on Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and the rest of them, wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us those voice messages in... Uh, follow the link in the description, no matter where you are, to do that. And, uh, yeah, Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday. It's a wonderful podcast every Friday on this very feed. Find me on Twitter, at The Purple dawn with a 3 instead of the E, because, Janine...
1: 3 is the magic number!
0: On Instagram at the purple dom with no three, find the show on Twitter at it's a wonderful one for all the updates and the polls that we do and the calls for voice messages where whatever question we pose you can answer and we'll put them in the episodes. Woo-hoo. And uh, yeah, that is it. For another episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. I've been so happy with today. This has been my favorite. Yay. I love this movie so much. <laughs> I like being excited, Janine. I just like being excited. And
1: I like you being excited, Morgan.
0: Are you excited? Did you love this movie? I am. Did I, did,
1: you... I did love it. And I liked seeing your enthusiasm. And I learned some new things. So thank you.
0: ding. Yeah, we'll end with that piece of music there until, I guess from alls until next Wednesday on Morgan Hasn't Seen. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye!